Well, hello, the Beampon Massive. I don't like the way I start these episodes. I always sound really insincere. What would be the most sincerest way Hi, of you to start the episode? So really low energy. Yeah, my natural energy. Okay, do your natural <laughs> energy and then do a fake one. Or do a fake one and then do a natural hello. one. Hello. I can, I can do one. <laughs> Greetings, Beamches. Been a while. It's been a while. Been a while. Uh, we may start coughing uh, we haven't got covid it's we just had a cold that was given to us by my sister she was patient zero which because uh, we had a lot of sort of family gatherings and things over the last two weeks because obviously as some of you who listened to last week um well no my dad died so we've all been getting together and hugging and just passing germs from one person to the, another. So we've had a cold this week. Yeah. And we were singing last night. Yeah, I think I actually lost my voice a little bit from singing. Yes, I think we both woke up a trifle hoarse. A bit croaky. Croaky, that's the word. Horse, frog. Frog in our throats. A frog in our horse. It's a <laughs> terrible start. Horse in our frog. <laughs> actually, I have, I've gone full, full low energy, haven't I? <laughs> How are we going to drag you out of it? It's because it, I made the mistake of eating at McDonald's right before we started recording. Does that lower your energy? Yeah, now I just want, you know... To, you need a post-pranzel nap. A post... I beg your pardon? <laughs> I don't even know if What's that's pranzel? Pranzel. What's pranzel? What, Lunch. Uh, what's pranzel? I don't know. I don't have my phone to look okay. up if it's a real word okay, or not. Okay, everyone, no, just send us, send on, us a message see. whether the word pranzel... <laughs> 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 see, I'm coughing now. I can't laugh at myself this week. Everyone will go, oh, thank God for that. You're looking up Pranzel. Oh, it's a name. It's a, uh, a name that means loyal, helping, simple, kind. Oh. Um, I've never Urban met. Dictionary. <laughs> uh, I think you might have made up Pranzel as a word for lunch. Yeah, I think I did. Wow. Where on earth did you get that from? Oh, because it's kind of like Italian, but I thought I thought maybe it was like a universal Latin word. I don't know. My brain's like logged off. So is it a first name or a, a surname? It's an Indian first name. Ah, okay. Uh, meaning lunch. <laughs> <laughs> no, meaning helpful, loyal, simple and kind. Okay. Hey, so we've uh, this week we've got a bit of a... A mixed bag, haven't we? We want to. We do, yeah, because we're not back to in the normal flow of things in our day to day life yet. There's still been a lot of running around and admin stuff. Yeah, yeah. I just literally had a email from my brother-in-law, who's along with me, one of the executives of my dad's will. So I mean, um, some of you, if you've ever done that, will know there's a lot to do. I know it's really complicated. It puts me off dying. Oh, well, don't then. <laughs> just going to live forever so that other people don't to? have to go through all the paperwork and et cetera. Yeah. Um, Although your dad was very good at organising most of it into a big list. Oh, he even wrote the only... his funeral order of service, oh, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, and the songs he wrote. Well, okay, songs I've got a playlist as well. But he wrote, he, he made up the leaflet for it. Yeah. Designed yeah. it and everything. It just needs to be taken to the printers. With a picture of him on the front and his he even Two put, pictures. He even put his his guesstimated date of death as twenty fifty five. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he didn't write where his electricity and gas meters are 
And I found the electricity meter, but I couldn't find the gas meter. And your mum doesn't know where they are. When, when I lived there, I, I, it used to be under the stairs, the gas meter. I tried looking under there and I couldn't see it. This is riveting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just quick thank you to everyone for if you've sent us a nice message in the last two weeks. Um, it's all been very much appreciated and yeah yes yeah so we're doing all right we're doing okay i mean it's it's a funny time any of you who've ever lost someone we all grieve in different ways i think that's there's Mm. no one way or right way to do it you just do it as you do it and Um, even for one even one person can grieve in many different ways so it's not like every person does it differently. Even one person can do it differently from day to day. Yeah, and I think it it's, you know, speaking as someone who has had his fair share of, of losing people, every time's different because I think it depends on the relationship you had with the person, you know, mm. and lots of things. It's like with my dad. Yeah, I'm not so ignorant about grief that... that you know, I, I'm not going, oh, okay, I'm fine. You know, it may hit me in a different way kind of six months down the road, you know, two weeks from now, tomorrow, I, you know. But it, 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 with my dad, he was 88 and the last two months of his life were hard, like really hard. And then the last three years of his life were hard as well. Yeah. So, you know, we're... we're we're happy for him that he's in a better place because he was ready to go in a big way. Um, He made that very clear. Yeah. Specifically telling everyone. Yeah, yeah, he made it very clear. Um, (coughs) Oh, God, sounds like I'm dying now. (coughs) I'm not, I hope. No, cancer. Well, we all are, aren't we, really? Oh, yeah, every day. Yeah, it's one (laughs) step closer. (laughs) So, Such a positive <laughs> podcast, aren't hey, we? Hey, look, we've just been to a Marillion gig where pretty much all they sung about was death all night. You know, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, the, the new album. Yes. Uh, Great Escape. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, somewhere else was the death of a relationship. Wow. New Kings is the death of freedom society. and society. <laughs> yeah. Such an optimistic. Uh, I know. I, I was. I was listening in, <laughs> last night. This was, we went to the Hammersmith Odeon. Sorry, Hammersmith Apollo gig, uh, the final night of the UK tour. And I was thinking last night, wow, their lyrics are depressing. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh no! But brilliant. You know, it's. I, I'm glad that their lyrics are like that. That they're they're a bit you know meatier than many bands. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so, it, but it did cross my mind. Saying that, this week I was listening to um, the most recent album by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, Ghostine, which is fantastic. Oh, he's still going. Yeah. God, my voice is so... Sorry, my voice does sound a bit like a donkey. Yeah. Um. <laughs> an ass. <laughs> Mine sounds like an ass. Um, yeah, well, he's, you know, he's someone who's been through a lot of of grief I know nothing about his story Um, that's what the album is it's basically a concept album about grieving and death that wasn't why I was listening to it oh my goodness and you're listening to it this week well I was listening to it because um, Prog Magazine or at least the website had recommended it as Mm. you know he's not known for Prog but this album is kind of a concept album it's a double it's got a couple of really long songs on there 
What kind of music does he usually do? I don't think I've ever listened to Nick Cave. Well, murder ballads, you know. He's often, murder ballads. He often sings about sort of murder and things. And oh I, wow, I've loved loads I had of his no stuff idea. over the years. Some of it is it's sort of very gothicy kind of. He looks um, very gothicy, doesn't he? But I mean gothic in a sort of baroque. No, kind yeah, of that's way. that's what I meant. Yeah, I didn't mean I didn't mean goth. Mm. I mean gothic. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd recommend it to you, Sandy. It's a really good album. Oh, yeah. I like um, the sound of it. It's really sort of chilled, uh, you know, musically. Mm. It's it's but really pretty in places and sort Is of... Is he the guy with the deep voice? <laughs> kind of like, kind of... Um... You're, you're thinking of Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> no. Darth Vader's murder ballads. <laughs> Yeah, and the other album I listened to this week, sorry, I know this is a Meridian podcast, we're just killing time until our 100th episode. Uh, <laughs> we don't want to start uh, Happiness is the Road Oh my yet. God, I nearly said it again, Paul. Okay. I've got to stop. There's a really easy way to remember what the album is called. Mm-hmm. Don't think of of it as happiness is the road. Happiness is the road. (laughs) (laughs) You're all going to find that impossible to unhear now when you listen to that song. Literally, when this podcast is finished, go and listen to happiness is the road. You will now only hear it as her penis is the road. Oh dear! Sorry, everyone, but I read it in a review. Someone online has, has said it, and I can't unhear and it. And that's now. it. It's, it's stuck. ruined. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, like in, uh, you know, on Brave or in Mad. You know, hold your breasts. <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> Which yes. does actually sing. Um, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, so we're just killing time really because we don't want to start Happiness Is the Road before our hundredth episode, our big hundredth episode. Yes. So, well, we do have quite a few letters. Yes. So we just want to talk a little bit about this tour. We want to talk yeah. about um, the, the... Oh, no, I need... I, I see we're jumping all over the place. I was going to say the other album I was listening to this week was the new Suede album, oh. which is interesting because Brett Anderson, the lead singer in Suede, I used to really love Suede. Mm. Uh, I've seen them live and stuff. Um, Brett Anderson described it as their punk album. Um, you know, we our favourite singer... Sometimes describes himself as a punk, doesn't oh, he? Oh, that's Samia? true. Yeah. So, but just did the suede album sound very punk? Not really. It sounded like suede to me. But they described it as a back to basics album, which sort of put me off. Mm. Um, I wasn't, you know, it was like, oh, when bands do that. But man, it's a good album. Oh. It's really good. Really sort of catchy and, you know, loads of energy. And anyway, I just wanted to recommend two albums for everyone. Ghost nice. Theme by Nick Cave and the Bad Seats and the new um, Suede album. Oh, uh, okay. I can't remember what it's called. I've but the been new Suede listening album. to Mr. Biffo's oh, Orders yes. of Winter. Have you, you haven't been listening. You listened to it once. No, I listened to it twice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> After I, I first asked you to listen to it three weeks ago. Great. It wasn't it's been three on week- constant rotation. It wasn't so, yeah. three weeks ago. It was last week. Yeah, well, I've also been listening to Not Holidays in Eden. Happiness Her is the penis road. Happiness is the road. Happiness is the road. Why do they both have to start with H and then have the second word start with I? <sighs> it, it messes with my mind. 
Um, yeah, Mr. Biffo's Borders of Winter is top notch. She says, having listened to it twice. Well, yeah, uh, but we also hear it in the house. I haven't played it in the you house. You have. When? I played it. You I put played it on it in the car. A few times. Or maybe it was in the car. Oh, it was in the car, yes. Yeah. It was in the car. Listened, what it sounded like in the car. Hey, though, um, it comes out this week, if you listen to this on Monday. It comes out October on October the 7th. 7th. It will be on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, all that. But if you want to go to my band camp, I'll leave a link in the description and buy it on the day it comes out, October the 7th. I get 100% of the money. That's this Friday, isn't it? Yes. This Friday coming up. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of boggy. I've been putting bits of it at the end no, of the episode. No, it's really lovely. I love it. Really love well, it. You're meant to say that. I know, so that's tough, but I do actually genuinely love I'm it. I'm really disappointed. I know. I don't. <laughs> now, now that I kind of went, that's enough, I'm done now. I've been working on this for bloody ages. And then and now it's like, oh, God. No. It's probably shit. Oh, no, I genuinely love it. I And I know it's hard to hear it from me because you're like, you have to say that. So I don't know how to say it in a way that you believe that it's my own opinion mm. and not what you think that I want. To I mean, say, okay, yeah. <laughs> makes no sense. It's some of it I did did. I mean, it's an instrumental, but you know, I put kind of words in there from yeah. I love bites. the spoken word, but bits. it was sort of inspired by what we got gone through with my dad over recent yeah. times. Um, you know, and I I wrote some of it in the last two months while he was dying. So, you know, keep that in mind. Yeah, buy it out of pity, if nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> Just buy it out of pity. <laughs> No, it's genuinely oh, a great album. Thank you. Um, so, I'll yeah, I've just uh, listened to that and Happiness is the Road. Is that the right name? Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll put a, uh, another bit of soundbite at the end of the episode. Anyway, um, so Hammersmithodian. Sorry, Apollo gig. <laughs> Why did they change the name? Because oh, they, they changed ownerships. Oh. Uh, what did you think of that gig? Yeah, it's fantastic. Brilliant. The lighting, oh my God. I don't know if, maybe in Aylesbury I was too far away and I had too many people in front of me to fully feel immersed in the lighting. But last night, because for some reason at the Hammersmith Odeon, is it Odeon or Apollo? Apollo, just say Hammersmith. Hammersmith Apollo. um, We were in the stalls. It's empty down the front, Again, at the sides. No, is, the middle's crammed with people. This twice now that we've but, been able to get just, you know, we don't have to queue up from 7.30am. We just walk in and walk to the front, yeah, down the side. right in front of Rothers. Um, so I could really experience the lighting and it was phenomenal. Yeah. we Absolutely don't, you don't, phenomenal. The sound isn't as good where we were standing. You know, you kind of, to get decent sound you have to kind of be in the middle really ideally at the back yeah near the it, it sound desk at the front on the right hand side as we were it was quite well the sound desk was on stage i think it wasn't oh was it yeah oh. um uh but where we were so it was slightly distorted i think particularly the first few songs which i know you loved hearing pete's bass and the drums. oh man really no loud. yeah i i'm glad that they upped the drums the volume of the drums and the bass because Wow, it felt like it was coming out of the ground. But I couldn't, for the first few songs, I couldn't really hear Rothers. No, I couldn't either, but I I was really, really enjoying the drum and the mm. bass. Yeah. Because they, they just carried you and you don't always hear them as loudly on albums, or no. I don't. Um, so it, it was a real treat. 
I'll tell and you, it was like, the same time last time, last mm. November when we were at Hammersmith. I had this a similar experience mm. where the drum and the bass were really off. But I think, as much as anything, that might be where we were stood, rather possibly than, rather than sort of anything to do with you know the balance of the sound. Possibly, on the bass. yeah. And then the guitar, the volume of the guitar, it did was seem to raise increased. as it went on. I yeah. Mean, the, when it seemed to really kick in was during the solo in Crow and the Nightingale, which I thought was phenomenal. That's it, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, I mean, God, Afraid of Sunlight and Great Escape last night were my two highlights. I, I admit to being slightly disappointed that they didn't play When I Meet God, which they have only played on one of the shows. Aww. That and Power, they did one night. Yeah, but didn't you say it was possibly... Because H said in Corona H has said Diaries. On his, yeah, H has said on the, his podcast that apparently When I Meet God is a bit of a bugger to play it's, live. Yeah, it's very difficult to play live. But So know, it could be that they were up. just like... <laughs> <laughs> Suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it, that was... Look, it's our fault for going to kind of more than one show. But the set list was essentially the same, apart from the fact that we got Sugar Mice rather than Market Square Heroes. yeah. Which I couldn't concentrate on properly because yes. our friend decided to faint. Our friend John, who um, upon meeting him, ordered us, ordered us, instructed us to call him BJ. Yes. Big John. No, he said, call me BJ. And we did, yes, we did all have that reaction. <laughs> but you're all laughing. He <laughs> does, uh, I don't know if he's ever considered the, the uh, the implications of his his nickname, but anyway, BJ stands for Big John. Um, he he had, as I put on our Facebook, he had a, a bit of a funny turn during New King. Sandra had gone off yeah, to the loo. I know. It's like th- I went to the loo twice last night, both time. Once before the gig and once during the gig, and both times when I came back, someone had fallen over. Yeah, the first one was a. Friend of our friend Mark's, I, mean, I don't know the guy, part of the Liverpool contingent, that's all we know them as. Um, but he'd been bitten by a spider, apparently. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> not not like, he wasn't like immediately bitten by a spider and fell over. Um, yeah, that would have made for a short film if that had happened to Peter Parker, wouldn't it? Just bitten by a spider and fell over in a puddle. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that to help him up. And then in the gig, then BJ, I mean, as it turned out, it was low blood sugar. But yeah. I had to leg it and go and get. But it medics. was worrying. It was really worrying. It was a bit hairy, uh, and it did slightly because it did genuinely shake me up. When yeah, it he shook me to, up. Well, when he started to shake and kind of slide down the wall. Um, oh no! It was oh Christ! Heart attack! What the hell's going on? So, but the staff at, at the the venue. Oh, there was really like a good. million paramedics yeah. and thank god we could you know they could get down the side of the yeah because there <laughs> the was audience. no crowd yeah but he was fine he was fine yeah. he messaged us afterwards to say it was just low blood sugar and yeah they sent him home but yeah it did distract from the rest of new kings but um i was able to focus enough on sugar mice which was bloody great i did wonder when see, seeing it in the set list how sugar mice would work as a a closer but because it's such a crowd pleaser Oh, uh, maybe. You know, yeah. I think it worked great to finish the gig with. I just couldn't concentrate. I was just like, I hope BJ's well, you were okay kind of, the whole time. You were kind of like, you know, we should go out there. We should go out there. It's like, what can we do? We will literally know, get in the way. So many if some if someone's stuff. having surgery, you know, yes, you don't I kind know. of burst into the operating theatre no, and I go, know. what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? It's like, no, leave yeah, them. So they're I medical know, experts. I know. 
we couldn't see what was going on. I wanted to see sugar mice. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> What can I say? I wanted to see Sugar Mice. It was going to be the one song that we didn't get in Aylesbury. Um, anyway. So what did you think of it as a set closer? You think it's all right? Oh, it was great. Yeah. I was. I mean, overall, all of them. I mean, every song, they played brilliantly. They did, um, yeah. They're on top form. Yeah, I. Yeah, they really are. As our lost voices are a testament yes, to. yeah, yeah. Uh, it was, you know, because we were both... We didn't really drink last night. No. Um, I have to say, I, I do prefer being a bit drunk at gigs. Why? I, I liked being sober. I can remember everything. I think it's a mixture. I of... mean, I can remember. That makes it, that sounds awful. I can usually remember everything anyway. But um, I don't know. Just everything was a it's bit not, I think it's, it's, it's also where we were stood. Um, yeah, we had so much space around us. That takes some of the atmosphere about out of it. We was at Aylesbury. We were like sort of it was in a packed in. You crowd. kind of just pick up on the energy of everyone. That's true. It, it makes a difference yeah. for me. What makes a difference for me as well, sometimes the lights would come on a little bit too bright and then oh. I like to feel kind of hidden in the dark watching the show, not like exposed in bright lights. Oh, pity the poor guy that H called out at the start of the gig. Oh, or in H's words, <laughs> that fucker up there with the beers walking, walking across the circle. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> fully illuminated in all the, all the lights. I know. <coughs> but the all... circle was packed with people. I know we oh, had yeah, a bit it was of sold space. Out. It was a sold yeah. out gig. Um, but yeah, he was on great form, H. It was really funny. Yeah, he was funny. Something I, I, I've noticed really with this album is that he's seems to be avoiding, you know, when we've seen it live, he seems to be avoiding pontificating. And I don't know if that's because he feels, you know, because people will kind of go, oh, he's preachy. You know, I wonder if he's doing that on purpose. He's sort of almost dismissive of what the songs are about on the new album. Uh, live really? in a kind of sort of funny sort of throwaway kind of way. Oh. Um, I mean, I think it, it, it it's well judged. Mm. I'm not. It's not. It, you know, it's, it's the opposite of a criticism, right? Um, you know, he he he's there to play the songs and you know sing them and be entertaining. And he is. He's really on form these days. Anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, tour wise, I mean, we saw two shows. I think there were two brilliant shows. Aylesbury was special for me, um, partly because mm. what we'd done during the day as well. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, We'd made a proper day of it. The atmosphere there was really something. And then, uh, I, you know, this is what happens if you go to more than one show. You risk getting the exact same set list, whereas I do. Oh, like I don't it care. I up. am so. I feel really, really privileged to have seen the new album live three times now it's like i don't think i've ever had that experience with any other album oh i'm happy to i'm happy to keep seeing that it's like they may not ever play that album from start to finish in order ever again Mm. so it's like yeah i don't care just yeah keep playing the same set list Mm. that's fine have you um have any of the songs changed, you know, from the new album changed since for you since hearing them live? I mean, you know, are there any you like more, less, like less as your sort of ranking of the album altered? Hmm. No, I think I think I've still got the same opinions. Still the same favourites. Yeah. Hmm. You? I think so. I still love Sierra Leone 
I still, I, you know, I, I've noticed. Oh, absolutely. I've noticed a few people commenting on online about how that song seems to have clicked for them on this tour. Ah. Uh, I just think it's just got something I've special. I've always loved Sierra Same, Leone. Same, I have. So, um, I mean, the thing is, I did always love all the songs. Yeah. There wasn't ever no, no, one same. that I felt was a weak track. I think the album as a whole is extremely strong. Mm. Um, I really enjoy seeing an hour before, no, not an hour before it's dark. Oh God, what's the first song called? Oh, Be Hard On Yourself. Be Hard On Yourself live because of that, those drums and the yeah. bass and, and hearing that live has so much more power and energy to it. So that particularly, that song live stands out. Mm. Um, yeah, Sierra Leone, when he goes into Walking Free. It's just... Oh, that's amazing. It's one of the best pieces or sections of any Meridian song ever. Absolutely. It's phenomenal. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I still... Uh, yeah, I... I suppose it, ha- it hasn't changed for me. I really enjoyed Crow and the Nightingale last night in particular. Mm. In particular? In particular. Um, that, because that on the album, I know it was a lot of people's favourite, but it, it was actually more of a slow burn for me on the album, that one. Um, but since seeing it live, you can really sort of see the majesty of it you know mm. the, the wrapping the wrapping sun, the sun. Oh. Uh, and then when the the lighting especially when it goes together with the music yeah. oh it's Great just lighting. beautiful uh did you enjoy lewis last night i did and i especially for you listened out for him again and heard him plenty in several songs not just in the an hour before it's dark section of the gig but even afterwards in other songs. What was your experience, Paul? Well, my experience this week was getting told off by the band's manager for, for <laughs> saying on last week's episode that I couldn't hear him. Uh, yes, Lucy, uh, listen, listen to last week's episode where I sort of said I, I, I'd been unable to hear much of what... Uh, but how Luis. can you not hear him? Okay, don't get me into trouble again. Oh, sorry, it just baffles me. You're not listening out for him, clearly. And I particularly listen out for him because, frankly, I wish I had his job. I wish I had his talent. I, I mean, the guy's, to a, be, the guy's like, literally a legend. Percussion is sounds like the most fun thing on the whole planet. Hey, did you know that he uh, played on Fish's first solo album? And, oh, really? Um, he also played on H's solo album. Really? Yeah. Uh, and also literally played for everyone in the world. You know, oh, name, he's had the coolest career name ever. someone, and he's pretty much... God. Yeah, well, no. no. Yes, God is everything, and, I, and therefore I have played he's for... He's played with them. God as well. Yeah, but some some of the songs he's played on, like, or albums he's played on, like, really legendary. Oh, well, like what? Uh, Slave to the Rhythm, Wham's... Fantastic! And, oh, uh, how do you become a percussionist? I want to be a percussionist. Yeah, is uh, it too late for me? Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Thanks. Um, Kill my dream. Uh, right, should we do some letters? Oh yeah, because uh, this do is it. what we're doing. We've got, we just got sent some a whole load of letters, so we thought we'd um, do a filler episode <laughs> to read some of them out to annoy our friend Pedantony. 
we had they're not someone... all about somewhere else, you know, which is so it's nice to kind of get some letters that are just general Marillion letters. We had someone apologize to us yesterday oh, yes. for his long letter. Yes. And we had to say, no, it's fine. We love long letters. I don't. It... I did really? blame Pitt Anthony when we saw him coming out as we were coming out of Byron Burger. Um, that was Rick, I think. Who else did we talk to? Rob, Rick. Um, we talked to a few people. Yeah, if we start naming people, we're going to forget someone yes, and not. then we'll okay, feel I'm guilty. Okay, I'm stopping doing that. I'm stopping. I'm stopping. But lovely when people come over to say hello. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Okay, so, well, talking of, our first letter is from someone that we met in Aylesbury. Ah, true. Yes, Martin Thorpe, who... Uh, Immediately got given the nickname Thorpe Park, which if you're not in the UK, you might not know that Thorpe Park is a British theme park. Yeah. Do you want to read this or shall I read it? I don't mind. Go on, you start I'll read this it. week. Okay, so let's see. Oh, this this letter was sent a few weeks ago and we thought we'd lost it, but actually oh, yes, it just it hadn't Martin, made it Martin into the said to us, You didn't publish my you didn't put my letter out. And it was like, well, we've done the post bags, Martin. <laughs> it had it just hadn't made it into the previous post bag. Martin says, Dear Mr. and Mrs. Biffo, <laughs> being a relatively late comer to the show, I've been devouring the episodes over the last couple of months and have been freakily surprised at how in sync I am with Paul regarding my opinions on favourite slash least favourite songs and albums. Nothing more to add about the Somewhere Else album that hasn't already been said, but I wanted to mention the tour. I remember reading an interview in the web around the time of the tour where one of the band, possibly Pete, mentioned that they were going to mix things up on the tour by swapping around half a dozen songs Oh, this is, this each is, this night. is timely, isn't it, given what I was saying? Ah, okay, so by swapping around half a dozen songs each night to keep things more interesting for those wanting to come to multiple gigs. Half a dozen songs is quite a lot. Mm. This led to a slightly looser feel to the gigs, where on previous tours everything sounded very precise. Anyway, it provided a wide selection of songs across the tour, which was welcomed. I'm one of those people who get tired of hearing the same songs trotted out again and again, although having been to well over 100 Marillion gigs, it's probably inevitable. Splintering Heart made a great opener to the set each night, with H taking the stage with his mirror coat. I recall going to Nottingham, Cambridge, including an acoustic set at HMV, Portsmouth and Paris. My girlfriend, later to become my wife, came along to each of those gigs, including the acoustic singing session. Sorry, right. signing <laughs> session. Oh, I misread that. Having never only sampled Marillion on the CD player in my car, suffice to say, she's not been to a single <laughs> Marillion gig since. Brilliant. Oh, no. Maybe she experienced too much of a good thing. I also remember getting a tour program, which I recall as being all right, at least compared to recent offerings. I really wish Marillion took more inspiration from other artists around them when it comes to this kind of thing. For example, the super deluxe box sets by King Crimson and Stephen Wilson mm. um, or tour programs by Big Big Train. Both of these knock Marillion's offerings out of the park and there's no reason for that to be the case. 
Anyway, keep up the great work, Biampod, Martin. Uh, Martin's, we'll tell you else we want to say about Martin in a yes. minute. But we'll do that in a sec, because I just want to talk about the, the tour box programs. sets and the tour programs. Now, tour programs... Have you ever... Did they, did they release a tour program in, for no. this tour? They, they, they've done it... I think they did one at the Royal Albert Hall. Was there oh, one for possibly. Lightsabers? They did do one for the Royal Albert Hall. I'm, yeah. Here's the thing, right? Did you buy the Royal Albert Hall one? No, I actually didn't. But then this you is usually what, always buy tour programs. Well, this is what I'm about to say. Yeah. Uh, is I have a love-hated relationship with them. I love having them. Mm. Um, and I used to, you know, every gig I would get one. You know, I've still got my misplaced childhood and clutching at straws ones. Um, wow. They're up in the loft. Not the shed. They're up in the loft. Uh, and... In fact, I think I've got Welcome to the Garden Party as well. No. They're all in decent nick for me. Oh, my um, goodness. But as <laughs> for me. <laughs> uh, but as I've gotten older, I don't want to have something to hold at the gig because tour programmes are yeah. normally quite a regular sort of large vinyl type size and shape. Right. And they're a bit of a faff. Yeah, then you, you know, have to hold on to it. And if you're standing, it. you know, you want to clap. Yeah, so you either have to roll it up and put it in your pocket, which then ruins you've ruined it. it. You know, so do they not sell them after the gig? I think they did with the Royal Albert Hall one, um, but also you know, in relation to what Martin says, um, the for me when Marillion have done them in recent years, I haven't found them essential buys. Put it that way. I don't right. know what the big big train ones are like, but. You know, they're, they're an opportunity to really have them as a sort of almost mini book. What do people usually put in them? Well, it depends. I mean, Marillion used to have sort of interviews with the band and sometimes with people from sort of behind the scenes. I believe, I think, was it their Fugazi tour programme had a, a selection of photographs of them wearing glasses, <laughs> which they called spec shots. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the, necessarily but you see you remember it yeah I so think, it worked i think the clutching at straws one had i think the recipe for the grendel cocktail <gasps> nice. I, think, I think that was in clutching at straws oh that's really um, cool so i don't know you so can they're put like mini magazines like. yeah they're like a mag for, right for the band uh so not necessarily based around the tour or or well, is the it tour, based or the just tour. where they're at you know, right? Uh, so I think they were they were a great opportunity, and I think lots of people will want to buy them if they're worth buying. Mm. And if I'm going to learn something, as long as they're sort of you know got some something that's in there that feels exclusive mm. and interesting and is worth a read and is going to take me more than two seconds to skim through, then I'll buy it. Yeah, and I would put up with having to carry it. As for the box sets, I also agree. I have to say, I think I did raise this at the time when the the hour before it's dark box set was announced you know because that's Stephen Wilson one our friend Nick had Nick it. yeah seeing it it was like Jesus this is a work of art yeah I'd you love know. to know what's in the King Crimson one yeah but you know it can be a real extension a sort of almost experiential kind of immersive extension of the album um, but you know that's fine it's not what they do but I would if we had kind of loads of stuff like the Stephen Wilson one did with the Marillion album I would buy it even though I don't have a vinyl player I would buy it to have all the extra yeah. stuff because it's really cool yeah you know and I mean I don't necessarily just mean kind of like playing cards or whatever mm. I mean stuff that's sort of designed and thought about not just you know had the Marillion logo slapped on it by a merchandise company mm -hmm. you know something that is really unique 
Hmm. Yeah, the yeah the Stephen Wilson ones are just absolutely brilliant. And you know, again, these are all sort of merchandise streams and revenue streams for the the band to that they they could be getting. Yeah, although I, I suspect it's quite pricey to design. Well, specific. Look, uh, yes, products. it is. But come on, this is this is you know, it's worth doing. Then at the end, it's quite pricey to put on a tour. It's quite pricey to make an album. But you know, all those things you do it because it then brings in money at the other end. Mm. Um, okay. Anyway. Yeah. So Martin also is running the London Marathon. Well, well by, by the, the time, time this yeah, episode comes out, <laughs> he would have run the London Marathon. Um, for Tommy's the Babies Charity. Uh, he says it's a really great charity that funds research into pregnancy problems in order to help save babies' lives. Uh, it comes from his own personal tragic experience with the loss of his daughter Mia at her birth, a loss that sadly could have been prevented. Um, we're going to put a link to Marty's Just Giving page. Even though he's run the, the marathon, you can still support his, I don't know what you call it, sponsorship or his Just Giving yeah, campaign yeah. to give money to Tommy's. We we chipped in, didn't we? Yeah. So, and it's open until November. It's open until November. However, there's more. Yes. There's more. If you give a donation and write your name uh, as your name plus Biampod afterwards. Yeah, he said either Biampod or an hour before, like Achbid. As I say, if you want to write Biampod after your <laughs> name, <laughs> oh, yeah, like okay. I say, uh, <laughs> if you want to write your name on Biampod, just Biampod afterwards. Or uh, in a sentence, you can try and make a pun out of it. Well, we tried to do a pun. I'll, I'll get to oh, those my in goodness. a minute. I've got some puns. I'll let uh, Paul try and come up with some puns. <laughs> So any Biampod listeners who want to donate and write Biampod next right, to their Biampod, name. Right, Biampod, that's it. Your that's name will it. be put into a hat for a prize draw, uh, with a winner receiving uh, Martin's copy of the signed Holidays in Eden print, which was given away with the deluxe box set, plus his copy of the Summer in London DVD. Yeah, which I don't even which know is a very generous get. offer of him. So thank you, Martin. That yeah, is really thanks. kind. So everyone go and do that, please. Yes. Um, so there's a link in the podcast description. There will, yes. Show notes, you told Show me. Show notes, that's what it's called. We would, do you, you want to, would you like to share some of your um, potential puns? Well, someone on there had, had left a comment sort of saying you were born to run. Is that what they said? That's right, yeah. And then Sanya got obsessed with us having to leave a comment. <laughs> On the donations page. So then I spent, of course, as I do, I just went down uh, a lost hour of trying to come up with Marillion-related running puns. The best one that I came up with, and this will give you an idea of how high the bar was set, was (laughs) when I meet Jog. (laughs) I did like when I meet Uh, Jog. Then uh, I had, I will run on water. If my heart were ball, it would run uphill. No one ran. Uh, (laughs) Afraid of run light. (laughs) Oh. Fantastic race. That's the one we uh, use, but like I cringe then, when I see it. And then these trainers is my life. Oh, that was a good no, one. No, that's bad. Oh no, I really like that. One. My favourite is when I meet Jog. <laughs> but <laughs> that's terrible. That but it's hard to put terrible. that into a sentence. Anyway, so yes, go support Martin. Yes, please do. Uh, <laughs> next letter is from Simon Dickinson. AKA Emily, the master baker. I can't even remember why he was the master baker. I can't remember either. I remember why he's Emily, because Emily Dickinson. Yeah. Hmm. I don't understand where master baker came from. Oh, yeah, I do. Everyone can go back. You're not going to explain it to me. 
Oh, it reminded me actually though the, the time the Master Baker. Oh, no, he's not going to explain Master it. Baker, Master Baker. It's on an episode earlier episode. Someone can remind you and they send you an email. Um, yeah, we were so close last night that we could see the the, the band flicking their picks, couldn't we? Yeah, we could. <laughs> <laughs> So just now, <laughs> why, did I agree, why did I agree to that? <laughs> you were all excited then, and then you realised what I'd said. <laughs> yeah, both brothers and H flicked their picks, didn't they? Yeah, into, the, times. into the crowd. <laughs> couple of times <laughs> during the duration of the show. Christ. So Simon Dickinson has given us a chance to plug our Patreon. www.patreon.com slash MrBiffo where you get episodes early and bonus content relating to Beampod and a whole load of other things. Exciting. He said, loved your bonus episode, which of course not everyone's going to have heard that unless you support us. True that. Uh, it was another car app. Yes, it was. but It was our, our first ever It's, it's where we ripped episode. off Corona Diaries and, and did a set list that was uh, one song per album. Yes. Um, he said he would like to suggest Tux On. Uh, would love to hear that live. I would, but they I don't never, think we're going to hear it from H. They uh, never played Tux On live. I think Fish did on his yeah. recent uh, Clutching at Straws tour. I have a love-hate relationship with Tux On. Talk to me about that. Well, the name annoys me for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> why? <laughs> it's irrational. I immediately think I don't like it. But then when I hear it, I like it. So if you asked me, do you like it? I'd say no. But then when oh. I hear it, I do like it. I know the band weird. hated it, but I've always really liked it. I mean, it's a weird yeah. title. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just an irrational. Tux yeah. Tucks on Arizona. <laughs> oh, I wish we were there. Okay. Random. I know. Uh, I'm going to read the next one as the one from Emily the Master Baker. It was quite a, a little one, a wee one, just a, a smidge of a letter. Yes. A little a little microscope, micro letter. Yeah, <laughs> sentence. Yes. <laughs> I.e. It was just a text. one sentence. Unless you want to add great fun trying to pick, predict your pigs <laughs> and best wishes. Why are you laughing at that? Because of what you said about the, the H thing and Rhoda's thing. Flicking their pigs into the audience. <laughs> Trying to predict your picks. I'm sorry? <laughs> I just don't know why I said that. It sounded like it was a euphemism. I know. And, yet, and, yet and it wasn't. The actual words. It wasn't. Oh, I'd like to predict your pick. You <laughs> <laughs> can predict my pick any day. <laughs> oh, look at her predicting his pick. <laughs> right, so the next letter is from David Green. I don't think David has ever um, written in before, which means... New, New nickname. nickname. Hulk. Wow. Okay, that's rubbish, isn't it? That's so on the nose. Snot. <laughs> Shrek. <laughs> Shrek. Hulk. Hulk, Hulk's not Hulk's not Shrek. <laughs> HSS. Right. Dave, David Green. HSS. No one is going to want that as a nickname. HSS. Hulk's not Shrek. That's we've, not. 
Sadia, we've got a mate called BJ. I mean, <laughs> he picked his own nickname though. <laughs> no one gave him that. He chose that. He chose BJ. Okay, life. so I'm not allowed to call him host. Not straight. I can't even say it. HSS. <laughs> also, the most convoluted nickname in all nickname history. I'm thinking of green things. Yeah. Well, my mates call me HSS. Oh, really? What's that short for? Hulk. I can't Hulk's, say it without laughing. Hulk. Hulk. Hulk's not Shrek. <laughs> oh, how did you get that nickname? Well, my surname's Green. <laughs> I was just a bloody podcast, and now I can't. Now everyone calls me it. <laughs> HSS. It's not. It doesn't even roll off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's sticking now. Oh, great. Sorry, David. Hi, guys. Love the podcast. My name's Dave Green. (laughs) Okay. Oh, spot Shrek. (laughs) This is my journey with Marillion. I need to cough. Hang on. Oh, no, me too. (coughs) We're doing this ill for you people. Yeah, if you don't think that's worth supporting us on Patreon (laughs) or buying my album, I don't know what is. Um, He says it's a long one. Don't, but don't worry. I'll try and keep this letter as short as I can. It is, a, it is quite a long one. Anthony would be foaming at the lips. Um, he said it started in 1987. I was a 15 year old metalhead, and I always thought of Marillion as a bit of a girls' band. What? Ah. Really? I heard. Kaylee, did they have? Hang on. Did they have a reputation for being a girls' band? Absolutely not. Did they <laughs> at not? my school, you would New not have seen the a, block. You would not have seen any Westlife and Marillion. That was not Marillion. But as he said, if we carry on, um, I'd heard Kaylee, and it just wasn't for me. So there you go. You oh, see. fair enough. Yeah, I loved Iron Maiden, Black Sabbath, and Metallica. Not whimsical pop music. My second love, other than music, was art. The only subject I was any good at in school relate. As a 15-year-old, I love to draw maidens, Eddie the Head, dragons, monsters, etc. One day whilst browsing our local Alprice records looking for some inspiration for my next art project, I came across a single that caught my eye. That single was A Warm Wet Circle. The artwork was definitely something I knew I could create. After listening to the single, I fell in love with the band and I actually preferred the B-side, White Russian. I think it was a, was it a live version of White Russian? I think it was. The drawing I did of Walmart Circles got me into art college where I met Jane, who would later become my wife. We married eight years later and our first dance was made again. Not the original, but the B-side version is on Man of a Thousand Faces. We both nice. became massive fans, meeting the band at fan club conventions and seeing them on every tour. When Marillion prepared to release Happiness is the Road, they asked their fans if they would like to make a video for the single Whatever is Wrong With You. The rules for the video were simple. The video which got the most views on YouTube would be the winner and the prize was five grand. But I was going to actually talk about this when we come to the album. I rushed out on a Saturday afternoon and bought a cheap 90 quid camera and early Sunday morning I shot my film. I edited all day and uploaded that night with the idea being that the quicker I got the film online, the more views I'd generate for the deadline. Smart. I didn't win. (laughs) They changed the rules so that each band member would choose a video and the five grand would be distributed one grand to each winning video. What I did achieve was some great reviews from fans on the forums. This prompted me at the ripe old age of 42 to go to film college and study TV and film. Wow, girl, only you, Dave. Well done. Um, Sorry, that was patronising. Hulk's not Shrek. I met new friends and when I graduated, we... (laughs) (laughs) 
I met new friends, and when I graduated, we would get together and start on a two-year project, an anthology film called Surprise. I wrote and directed the film. We managed to have an actor called George... York. York Stadler, who was a German officer in Saving Private Ryan, play a major part. I'd like to thank Meridian for helping shape my life. This year, me and Jane will be celebrating our 22nd wedding anniversary in Aylesbury, watching our favourite band. Oh, congratulations. Attached is the original artwork, links to my music video and surprise. I will put um, a link to Dave's, or David, sorry, that was very um, forward of me. Uh, I will put a link to in our show notes to his video. Yeah, that was yeah. actually a really good video. I really enjoyed it. A nice nod to Grendel at the end. Yeah, which I'm sure. I'm sure H really appreciated. <laughs> oh, and it was a fantastic yeah, video. I'm really surprised well it didn't win. I can't. But then they the made others. everyone win. No, they didn't. No, no hang on. <laughs> everyone's a winner in this game. <laughs> Cancelled. <laughs> you're all winners. We've decided not to give anyone five grand oh, because okay. you're you're all winners, really, in your own That's way. That's not what I meant. My brain's not working today. Um... Yeah, they said, so each band member would cho- chose a different winner. Yeah. I mean, the ones that win must have been, like, I can't imagine how good they'd be because David, David's one was really, really excellent. Yes, I, I can't remember. Can I can you re- remember? I can only remember one other that I think was also in black and white, like David's one was. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I don't really remember them. I hate to say, but I might go and have a look online before we do Her Penis is the Road. Yeah. Were you not tempted to submit a video, Paul? I didn't know about video editing back then. It's it's only in recent years, well, the last six years or so, that I, I've got into all that. Oh. Yeah. Also, I just probably couldn't be bothered. <laughs> anyway, next letter. All right. Our next letter is from Andy W. King. <coughs> Are you give? <laughs> I've got to give him a nickname, said you. It's, uh, it's W King. <laughs> oh my goodness, Paul Rose. Andy W King, middle name Wayne. Um, Andy writes. Nickname's Wayne. What Wayne? I'm not, okay, I'm not even going to comment. Good to meet you the other night at Aylesbury. Oh, what was that, Andy? <laughs> who, who, Andy, when you walked away, I think I accidentally called you Anthony and then corrected myself, but you're gone by that point. Oh. I'd add Anthony to my right. Oh. Yeah. But I don't, he might not have heard it. Now you're making it worse by saying. What am I saying? Uh, his middle name is Wayne. <laughs> I'm glad you're amused. I'm going to give you a nickname one day, Paul Rose. You already do. What is it? Bub bub. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, that's more embarrassing than anything else that you could come up with. <laughs> Um, all right, what does Andy write? Andy writes, Good to meet you the other night at Aylesbury. I've been meaning to write to you for some time about some old topics. Number one, how did we get into Marillion and feel they went big? I first saw Marillion... Oh, I think he meant and feel when they went big. 
I first saw Marillion at Reading 82 when they were on stage at lunchtime. I knew nothing about them, but thought they were right up my street in the first five minutes. Was that the show where they played Grendel? And the BBC, oh, the BBC nice. were broadcasting it. Because of how Grendel starts, they missed the start of it because it was so quiet. You know, because they didn't come out oh, and go, boom, like yeah. that. It's just, now, 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 now. Anyway. Ah. So not a marquee veteran, but before they were signed. Next time I would see them was at the Winter Gardens in Bournemouth on the script tour. Oh, you're old school, Andy. When misplaced, and in particular, Kaylee started selling like hotcakes, my feeling was that I was a bit precious about my special band, and there were lots of newbies jumping on the bandwagon. Silly, but that's how I felt at the time. Impressions of H... Sorry, number two, impressions of H. Oh, I told you, my brain's offline. Can you do an impression of H? <laughs> no, can you? <sighs> Sorry, I was distracted by that fucker up there with the beer. <laughs> <laughs> impressions of H. Season's End was one of the few tours I missed. Life just got in the way. I saw Marillion with H on a, ne- on a Christmas gig in 1991 at Clifton, in Clifton, part of Bristol. Straight away, I loved his voice and energy, but did feel even that some of the Fish Era songs felt strange being sung by H. I'll tell you what doesn't sound strange being sung by H, Sugar Mice. Oh, he does, does nailed not. that last night. I wouldn't know because uh, my heart was still racing and I was in a panic. <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny. (laughs) (laughs) You just laugh at that. Well, yeah, you were in. Yeah, you were unfocused, weren't you? I was unfocused after after BJ went down. Yeah, (laughs) appropriately. (laughs) Oh, Paul. No, number three. He he messaged me and said we have the permission to make fun of him on the podcast. He He did actually. That's fair. Okay, so you're making the most of that. Yeah, yeah, someone's giving me permission. If someone writes to us, that's that's giving us carte blanche. They know what we're like now. Okay. So carry on with Wang King's letter. Number three, The Split. Like you, I initially followed Fish, Solo and Marillion. Over time, it was apparent that for me, the Marillion output was way stronger than Fish, Solo. Although I did like Internal Exile a lot... Slowly, it became that I would see Fish if he was close by and still bought his output, but it all became very businesslike from his perspective. And number four, generally, I've agreed with most of your opinions. Obviously, individual songs, I might differ from your view slightly. My main difference from you guys is that I really, really like .com. I enjoyed the straight ahead side of Marillion alongside the cinematic and Rich and Deserve are right up there with me. Anyway, nice to meet you and hopefully see you at another gig soon. Thank you, Andy. Sorry Thank about you, Andy. Uh, I wanted to talk about .com, fair enough, because I've been thinking about it a bit have recently. You? Why have you been thinking about .com? I have my reasons. Tell me. What <laughs> I sparked was, these thoughts? It was, it was off the back of the Holidays in Eden deluxe edition. Mm. Um, and how, going back to it, you know, I could kind of go, oh, it's the same band as they are now. Um, Going back to .com? Holidays in Eden. Oh, right, yes. And then I started to think about whether there are other albums, particularly the 90s albums, that now, you know, perhaps if they had a bit of polish or something, uh, 
that I'd go, yeah, they're still the same band. I started to think, well, maybe .com isn't that different from what they're doing now. And I, and then I was thinking about how, because that was the time when we were covering it, you know, because we've done it in this chronological order and, and I've been revisiting where I was at in that time. A lot of .com and my feeling towards it might have been overshadowed about how I was feeling about the band in general at the time. Mm. You know, because... It, it, <laughs> You know, I was. There were points when I felt a bit disillusioned by the band, feeling like they're rejecting who they'd been and mm. things that were getting said in the press. And I think that might, as much as anything, overshadowed how I how I felt about the music. Right. So I, I really want us, when we've got been through everything, to kind of not just start again, but just to kind of relook at certain eras and things. Yeah. You, you know, and kind of go back and go. Well, now that we're up to date. How do we feel about mm. some, particularly see some if, of the ones that you know we weren't as as fond of? See if our minds have changed on anything. Yeah, yeah. Like when I re-listened to um, Emerald Lies. Yeah. On the recent Fugazi remaster, and actually liked it. Yes. How and, about that? Oh, that was shocking. I saw Lucy comment on her Lucy Friday, Lucy's Friday questions page on Facebook that they've got a meeting next week, well, this week, as you hear this, about continuing the deluxe editions past the EMI era. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. So, you know, they're not going to stop at season's end, I hope. Oh, that'll be cool. I really want them so to what do would it you with like those 90s, to... al- the 90s albums. Well, particularly this Strange Engine mm. um, and .com, actually. Yes. And somewhere else. They're the three that I really want to see given deluxe editions just because I want to see what a remix of those can bring out in them. Mm. Yeah, it was the three albums that I'm probably less of a fan of. Because Radiations has been it's been done as far as I'm concerned. I like that album, the, the 2013 version by Mike Hunter. I think it sounds great. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yes, well, thank you for that, Andy. That was a nice letter. Next one, Simon, one of our many Simons who listened to us. We have a lot of Simons. We do, don't we? This, this particular Simon is... Royal Albert Hall, Simon. There's, there's Simony of them. <laughs> what's, this, what's this one called? Prince Albert. Royal Albert. Royal Albert Hall. Yes, Royal Albert, Simon Hall. Um, first, <laughs> dear. You're the only one laughing, Paul Rose. Someone's got, someone, someone's got to. <laughs> Firstly, I just wanted to pass on my sympathies for your recent loss. I hope you're doing okay and getting through it as well as you possibly can. Thank you, Simon. Uh, yeah, we're doing okay. I'm writing once again just to pass on a shortish review of the Arbid gig in Stoke last Sunday, just in case nobody else in the Stoke crowd thinks to write in. I'm imagining that you'll be doing an episode about the tour at some point. This is it. We've did two, in fact. Um, it's been almost five years since I last saw Meridian. Obviously, the pandemic hasn't helped in that situation, but I missed the last couple of tours owing to the over-reliance of fear material. Yes, I know you love it, he's written with about a million O's. It's meant to be love. Love it. It's not love, it's love. Love it. So charming. <laughs> Uh, and the faffing about with the mini orchestra. 
uh, it seems that there are three stopgap projects that all bands of any longevity eventually succumb to. The acoustic album tick, the orchestral album sort of tick, and the covers album, which in Meridian's case, I wouldn't mind so much as long as they put their own spin on the songs. Well, there's a covers live album, isn't there, with lots of them on there. Oh, is there? But I didn't really feel What's the they... covers live album called? Friends. Friends. Oh, not Friends from the Orchestra. No, no, it was the when they played... The, they did the rarities and covers night at Port Zealand oh. on, the, on the conventions, and they released the two or two of the nights as friends and family. Oh. Yes, nice. Uh, they, I didn't really feel they put a, much of a stamp of their own but identity on them. They played the songs more or less straight. Ah, uh, okay. Apart from Toxic, which was you know epic. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so I can't think of a single example for any band of an orchestral album that has significantly improved on the original versions. At best, they just replace the keyboard strings with real ones and add a few parps and squeaks, which is more the end result of a bad curry than a musical <laughs> endeavour. So I didn't bother with those shows and the resultant studio and live CDs haven't made me regret that decision. I digress. Anyway, Stoke was packed out, fully seated for a change, which was nice for an old git like me. Happy to sit there sweating and proudly displaying my Bianpod t-shirt. Yes! Go Simon! Nice! Yay! Uh, You can buy those on our Redbubble store. Link in the description. I sound like such a grifter this week. Buy my album, support our Patreon, buy a (laughs) t-shirt. Give us some money. Give us money. We do have a Ko-Fi. Give us money. (laughs) We do have a what? Ko-Fi. I thought it was coffee. Coffee. Ko-Fi. I don't know. Coffee Anan. Kofi Anan. Co-fi. What's Anan? Isn't he the guy that used to be the head of the UN? Oh, maybe. Yeah. There have been a few negative comments on Facebook about the sound quality for earlier gigs in the tour, especially Glasgow, but the sound was perfect in Stoke and not too loud either, which makes a nice change. Yes, I know. I'm old. I'm sure you already know the set list. It's only changed slightly across all the dates on the tour. Our bid was immense. The waves of sound and emotion that emanated from the stage were both beautiful and astonishing. More than once, I had to close my eyes and bask in it all. I did that as well, actually, last night. And several times, I found a tear running down my cheek. I didn't cry because I'm dead inside. Uh, <laughs> that's not part of the letter. That's you that's saying That's me it. saying that. I said that to you last night, <laughs> yeah, didn't I? Yeah, you did. So like, neither of the shows, it's like, I didn't cry Sierra Leone. I didn't, you know, my dad's just died and yet care. It's like, that's nice, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Nice on that. Have you ever cried at a Marillion? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did in Leicester. You um, cried in at Sierra Leone at the, the, the oh, walking free bit. Did you? Yeah. Um, oh, that's the bit that got me in Aylesbury. And normally, when they play Gaza and they just it just ain't right, always gets me oh, every wow. bloody time. To the point that I think the last time I heard them play that and they got to that, I was like, for Christ's sakes! But I was annoyed with myself. It's yeah. like you've heard this now, but you know, this is why I'm sort of wondering whether I'm going to be hit with a wave of grief at some point because I'm listening to Care, a song that literally couldn't be more appropriate to what we've just been through with my dad. You know, from the yeah, the tribute to the NHS and all of it. Uh, and yet, I was just it just wasn't hitting me emotionally like it did when I first heard it. Strange that, isn't it? Mm. Anyway. Maybe you've got too much else going on at the moment. Too much admin. Yeah. Uh, admin blocks the path to your heart. I mean, I have cried since my dad died, haven't I? Yeah. It hasn't been, uh, you know, I, I'm not completely Just heartless. not in concerts. But as we've sort of said, it's the last... Three years, and particularly the last two months, were so hard for the family. You know, obviously hard for him, immensely hard for him. Mm. You know, but 
I think all of us to some degree are going and this this please you know none of you listening take this the wrong way but we're all sort of going there is a little bit of a sigh of relief because you know and I've read about this with with people who've had to care for someone who's dying mm. um that for a start you get what's called anticipatory grief I was looking all this up because yes. it's like why don't I feel more devastated you know so we you know, your I, grieving process started long before yeah uh, and particularly those last two months when mm. he was in hospital I cried my eyes out every bloody time I went up there mm. um and yet I've only sort of got teary once since he died um but it has felt life has felt a little bit easier ironically Mm. Um, because it was very, very, very difficult. And I think that's something people often don't talk about when they've lost a family member that's had a bit of a sort of long illness or struggled for a long time, that there can be that relief and that, you know, it's like, oh, life is a bit less stressful. It's like now it's yeah. like I've got time to go down and see my mum every day. Before we were sort of splitting our time between my mum at home, my dad in the hospital, and it was, it was difficult, really difficult. Um, yeah. been a tough bloody year uh, anyway sorry I, di- I digress massively just talking about why I'm so emotionally blocked <laughs> <laughs> I'm so heartless <coughs> coughing um, my dad was a thing my dad always used to say you know that it's not the coughing that carries you off it's the coffin they carry you off in oh my goodness he used to just walk around the house saying it it's not the coffin that carries you off. It's the coffin they carry you off in. He used to do it all the time. Oh, what does that even mean? I never knew. Huh. I've never heard it before. Uh, so back to Simon's letter. There were no low points at all, but if I had to choose, I think I would say Sierra Leone and Kier were the highlights, which are different to my favourites on the album. Interesting. Even though Mr. Kelly messed up the beginning of Sierra Leone. Oh, Mark. Oh, dear. Forcing a restart and H tried to play Three Minute Boy on his little plinky-plonky keyboard to fill in the time. Oh, yeah. yeah, That little keyboard packs a powerful punch. I mean, he's probably got a load of different things programmed into it. Oh, it's Uh, really cool. It's so tiny. Yeah. But it's it's got a lot of strength in it. Well, no, it's just a MIDI keyboard. That keyboard doesn't actually do anything. It's probably... I mean, he talks like an expert. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. The the sound isn't coming out of the keyboard. It's just triggering sounds to play. Oh, oh, right. Yeah. I was going to say, it's like, because it is quite tiny. Yeah. But the the sounds that it was generating. Yeah, but that's the sounds are computer generated, if you Ah, like. So the keyboard's kind of somehow connected to a computer. Yes. I didn't know that. I thought it was a standalone (laughs) keyboard. I know nothing about keyboards. It's all MIDI these days. Don't even know what MIDI means. Marillion interface digital instrument. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you nearly got away with that. <laughs> you were looking at me as if as if that was the case. Remember HSS? HSS. Hulk's not Shrek. Shrek. <laughs> no, she's still laughing at it. Shrek thrown in. What thrown in? Shrek. Uh. The non-Arbid tracks played were a joy too. After revisiting somewhere else a lot recently, thanks to Beampod, Wood Wood, it was lovely to hear the title track. AOS is one of my all-time favourite songs, so never goes amiss. And biggest surprise of the night to me was that I really enjoyed the remarkably topical The New Kings. Damn right that it's topical at the moment. Mm. Maybe fear is finally starting to bed in. Bottom line is that Marillion played another beautiful blinding gig. And now that orchestral diversions seem to be in the past, I shall be back in the queue for gigs whenever they're touring. 
And seeing as H seem pretty pleased with the reaction in Stoke, hopefully it won't be quite so long before they play on my doorstep again. I await that covers album with bated breath. Thanks, Paul and Sandy, as always, for doing what you do. You're a high point in a dreary week. I hope one day I'll get a chance to say hello and thanks personally at a gig. Thank you, Simon, a.k.a. Well, Albert, aka Mr. Porridge, I can't even remind. Where's remember. Mr. Porridge? I can't even remember why we called him Mr. Porridge. Where did that come <laughs> I from? I remember us getting there, but um, something to do with Quaker oats. I don't know porridge. But how did you get porridge from Simon Hall? Doesn't really. <laughs> Do you remember? It's a, it's you a question for the ages. How do you get porridge from Simon Hall? Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> All right. Our next letter is from Philip Borrington. Has Philip written in before? I don't think so, but we met him in um, Ellsbury. Ah, Philip was yes, one of our. He one of drove our, a long way. He yeah, drove, that Philip from well, we Skegness. Knew, we, I remember Philip. Um, yeah, we chatted to Philip quite a bit before the gig, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, he very kindly, uh, very sweetly, um, after they played Care, tapped me on the back because he was behind us in the in the gig and gave me a thumbs up like, "You okay?" Aww. Uh, which I was very touched by. <laughs> And that was his was that was his first ever Marillion gig, wasn't I think it? It was. That's what yeah. he was saying. Even yeah. though he'd been a fan since nineteen eighty, well, he's, he's, he's right. probably going to say all this in the letter. Yeah, yeah. Stop preempting. We, okay. But we do need to come up with a nickname, Sanya. We can't let the letter pass without a nickname. Payday loan. <laughs> Wait, where did you get that from? Borrowington. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Tom. Philip bought. No, that's rubbish. We can do better than that. Uh... We buy gold. Um, <laughs> we buy gold. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like that. We buy gold. Okay. Um, I wanted to say how much I'm enjoying the podcast. We met briefly at the Aylesbury show. I was the chap from Skegness, Lincolnshire. Sandy's just said all this, Philip. Why are you repeating yourself? Who was seeing <laughs> his first Marillion concert, despite having been a fan since 1983. The show was great and I can't wait to see them again. Photo from the night attached. As I said to Paul, I got into Marillion thanks to Kerrang! magazine. I was an avid reader in the 1980s. They got behind Marillion in a big way and gave script a rave review. I've always liked the epic and proggy end of the music spectrum. Sorry, of the rock spectrum. And it wasn't a big leap from Iron Maiden, Rush and Early Rainbow to Marillion. Wow, Rainbow's a prog band. Are you thinking of the kids' the show? The TV Rainbow? show, no, yeah. Sanya. Rainbow, I've Rainbow, never heard of Rainbow, Rainbow the fe- band. featuring Bungle, George and Zippy is not a prog, prog band. Prog band. <laughs> you actually thought you meant Rainbow? Oh.
Matt Berry um, from uh, oh, in, IT in Crowd, etc., and everything yeah. else. Yeah. He, he uh, did an album of TV theme covers, which he's he's quite proggy. His solo stuff is bloody great, actually. He's a musician, he's sort of sickeningly talented. Is, it, is he a musician yeah. or a singer? He's both. Um, and he did an album of, of TV show covers, and he did a great version of the Rainbow theme music. Oh wow! Up above the streets and houses, rainbow flying high, kind of really oh. sort of, sort of light. He has jazzy. a very iconic voice. Yeah, he's got a great singing voice. Yeah, and just like absurdly, absurdly. Actually, good. I remember listening to a bit of his music mm. a couple of years ago. It's all this kind of sort of prog folk, kind of pastoral sort of stuff with a bit of jazz thrown in. It's very seventies sounding. Oh, nice. Okay, so there was a band called Rainbow. Yes. How has no one ever mentioned Richard them Blackmore. before? Well, I used to have a Rainbow album. Wow, you never talk about them. Don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> just that I don't want to talk about. Oh, fine. Let them go unmentioned. Although I liked Script, it was Fugazi that sealed the deal for me. And Incubus remains my all-time favourite Marillion track. And all-time top five by anybody. I struggle to pick a favourite album, but Misplaced Childhood takes some beating. I lost track of Marillion in the 90s, and it wasn't a fish age thing. I was in my early 20s, and the demands of work, buying houses, and girlfriends meant that I was listening to less music in general, and Marillion were a casualty of that. Well, I've really lost my voice. Yeah, you're sounding more and more like... I don't know, Mae West or someone. Has she got a horse voice? Who was the I don't know, who was the famous actress with the husky voice? It's not even husky, it's just disappearing. Oh. Like, How funny. Uh, David Blaine. <laughs> That's your new big <laughs> My Blaine. voice. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. The beauty of music though is that it sits there waiting for you to discover. And I'm now really enjoying catching up on the H years. I'm taking a deep dive into each album as I get to it on your podcast and I'm just moving it and I'm just moving on to this strange engine. I know I'm a bit behind. You've given me a new appreciation of a number of songs, including Waiting to Happen, Out of This World and The Great Escape. So thank you for that. Keep up the good work and thanks again for being so nice the other night. Best regards, Philip. Borrington. Aka we, we buy we gold. P.S. Say hello to Anthony for me, who was also very friendly. He mentioned that his first Iron Maiden concert was Seventh Son at the NEC in 1988. Before I could tell him that I was at one of those two nights as well, we realised that the show was about to start and hurried off. And P.P.S. I've only had two major musical disagreements with you so far. Emerald Lies and The Last Straw, but we all hear things differently. And PPPS, if you like heavy prog rock, check out Images and Words by Dream Theatre, Clockwork Angels by Rush, Prequel by Ghost, and Operation Mind Crime by Queensreich. Yeah, well, I won't be checking any of those out. <laughs> no, I... <laughs> Uh, I have listened to both Clockwork Angels and Operation Mindcrime. Uh, nice. Operation Mindcrime is quite good. Do uh, you like Rush? Because I hear they're mentioned quite a lot in Marillion circles, mm. and I'm, I haven't had the chance yet to have a listen to their work. But um, I do, and I don't. Um, musically, I actually do really like them. 
oh. I find I find Geddy Lee's voice kind of a bit unbearable. And that is literally the main reason why I don't listen. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, I have to listen to them. When we went to Epcot once, the Disney theme park, um, there was a bluegrass band playing on a stage. Oh, yes. Brilliant, brilliant version of Tom Sawyer. Oh, and you sent it to Pedantin. So Pedantin's a fan. Yeah. Ah, okay, I remember, yeah. I remember. I, yeah, music, I, I do keep trying to get into Rush because I, it's, I should like this because it the music I really, you know, is my cup of tea. It's not, it's prog, but not too kind of in that sort of whimsical way. Mm. They've got a great pop sensibility, you know, great melodies. Doesn't ever go quite too heavy for me. Yeah. Um. So, but I do struggle with his voice. I hate to say it. Yeah, you know, it feels bad saying that, but it's it is the reason. It is what it's it like is. It's like a comedy voice. It's like hearing it. It's like oh, clown no, singing. No, I need to hear it now. It's like clown prog. <laughs> <laughs> clown prog. I've got to hear this. Mm. Um, thank you, Philip. Uh, <coughs> cough, cough. Uh, I was going to say. Oh yeah, I guessed what is is. Um, that his favourite Maiden album was Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. I guessed that when he told me he was a Maiden fan. How did you guess? And is their most Marillion album? He was also a Marillion fan. It's their progiest album, Seventh Son of a Seventh ah, Son. Ah, <laughs> okay. Well done. Um, I went, what's your favourite album? Yes. Anyway, for the next one from Nick Saunders, the Colonel. We know what. Yeah, okay, that. that one's clear. Yeah, hello, Nick. Uh, just wanted to email a quick, in quotes, email about the latest deluxe release. I only received it in New Zealand a week ago, and since it, um, since it, the first deluxe edition I've been able to pre-order. I'll start that again. Just once. Wanted- <laughs> <laughs> I haven't edited it. Thanks. Sorry. Just wanted to email a quick, in quotes, email about the latest deluxe edition. I only received it in New Zealand a week ago, and since it was the first deluxe edition I've been able to pre-order, I was very pleased to get it. Having only listened to the original Holidays in Eden about a dozen times previously, I am still absorbing the tracks. However, I was very impressed with the remix and agree that the drums and bass have been brought up into the mix and think it greatly improves the sound on the album. Having now listened to the deluxe edition a few times, I really like the album and am probably not affected by the controversy around the original release. It has a great run of tracks from Splintering Heart through to No One Can. I also like the backing vocals brought forward in this mix. No one can take you, no one can take you. I'm not a hater of Holidays in Eden, the trap, but it only just deserves a place on the album. Just being controversial for you to disagree with this. You bastard, Nick. <laughs> <coughs> uh, I don't mean that. Love you. Um, then the last five tracks are also fantastic with the highlight being Waiting to Happen. Agreed. It is great to also listen to the live recording of the German show. It was a real bonus to properly see the band performing in the early 90s. Altogether marvellous. And I am now hoping that the band carry on releasing deluxe editions so that us latecomers can catch up on the collection. I'm having a real struggle finding copies of the other EMI deluxe editions. I especially want Misplaced and Brave. Sigh. Keep up the good work. Nick the Colonel. Have they done Brave? Yes. Yes. The deluxe edition. We watched the doco. Oh, that was that was just last year, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, oh, I think okay. The year before, but anyway, they. Oh, the years blend into the, one. Yeah, the misplaced and I mean, I think all the earlier ones are now out of print. 
and then they wow. said they're not doing more and so they're going for just like silly money on eBay. Like oh, you're joking, money. really? Yeah. Because I'd like a new copy of Misplaced because I... Um, oh, what happened to yours? I miss, well, I've got you it. misplaced it. I misplaced it. the DVD. I've still How not, on I've earth still do you do watched, that? Because we went to watch it mm. uh, and I think we were going to watch it on the PS4 and then I think I must have taken it. We never got around to watching it. So I think I took it out and I swapped it with a game oh, to play. No. <laughs> so oh, no. So I don't know where it's goodness. gone. I've never, we've never watched it. And I really want to because they go to Hansa Studios. Someone wants to lend me theirs. Drop us an email. I, I reckon I, I could find it. it. I will lose it. Re- but, um, yeah, you will. No, I won't lose it. I will. <laughs> I actually will lose it. If you want to lend me your copy, I literally will lose it. I reckon I, I might be able to find it. Good luck. I've been looking. I mean, by which I mean just wandering around the room going, I don't know where it is. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you do that, though. I find things, though. Well, yeah, no, what, do you, what you do, no, things. what you do is you find the thing you've, you've had a meltdown about. You fi- have a massive <laughs> meltdown. My phone, my phone, it's my only, keys, it's my only, purse. No, it's where not it my gone? keys. I don't know where it's gone. I don't know. Oh, there it is. It's only ever two items, my phone and my glasses. But you, instead of kind of going, oh, looking and going, it's there, you, you go immediately to the, the, the panic. Yeah, like immediate panic. So like my heart rate starts going. It's like I mean, BJ collapsed. Yeah, but it's only about those two things. It's not about everything. Read the next letter, which is another one from Emily the Master Baker. Emily the Master Baker is back, baking up some goodness for you. And she says... He says... He? It's Emily. Yes. It's Simon Dickinson. What? It's Simon Dickinson. This is like third email. No, second. Second. (sighs) Okay, Emily says. Simon says. Simon says. Simon says. (laughs) Don't call me Emily. Okay, no. You're really confused. No, no, I had to think then how Simon got the name Emily, but obviously, yes. A A superb night in Hammersmith. It was almost flawless. I asked my son, Will, as we sat down to see if he'd heard much of the new album. No, Marillion are such superb musicians that I really enjoy hearing the new stuff live. That sums up last night, I thought. An hour before it's dark is so layered and textured, yet they were able to deliver it with aplomb. I feel privileged to have heard it. The energy of Pete to the remarkable talent that is Rothers. Wow. Just stunning. I was talking to a friend about set lists and she complained that the band she saw just did the same old, same old as if it were scripted. So in the three set lists I've been lucky enough to view, I've only heard the same song twice. New Kings from 2019 and last night and an hour before it's la. About, about An hour before it's dark. An hour before it's dark. An hour before it's dark, last year and last night. It just shows what a catalogue of brilliant tunes they have. I loved Afraid of Sunlight and Somewhere Else. I also think it's great to finish off with a classic from the Fish Years. Or is H so exhausted by then that he just wants us to finish off the last song? Pure class. Loved your episode on Holidays in Eden? Yes, Holidays, <laughs> Holidays in, in Eden. Eden? 
Who's <laughs> got a question mark no, at the end of the title now? Because I keep saying holidays in Eden instead of happiness is the road. So I had to I had to think about it extra long. Loved your episode on holidays in Eden. The new mix has really added depth to some great tunes and especially Splintering Heart, The Party and Dry Land. I even think that they've improved the weakest song, No One Can. A great pop song, but not a Meridian classic. I agree with so much of what you say, Paul, but I think Holidays in Eden, the title track, is great. And I would love to hear it live. The artwork in the double vinyl is stunning too. That's true. Oh, actually, we don't have the vinyl. No. Well, in the CD the, the copy, CD it's copy. absolutely yeah, stunning. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah. Good luck for your 100th episode. I'm sure it will do your excellent pod cast justice thank you emily again for your second letter 100th episode what's gonna be in it i know 100 comments by us 100 nicknames that we make up 100 reasons from lucy why why we're wrong why you can hear no i'm not gonna bring that up what are you gonna bring up why you can hear the percussion 100 times you can hear louis jardine in yeah I'm not. Why do you keep trying to get I, me into trouble? I don't want to. Yeah, we have to keep good relations with with Lucy. It's I know. no good if I'm just I, constantly saying things that she disagrees it's with. It's easy to, for me to wind you up sometimes. Mm, that is that it is. It is, isn't that it? That it is. Yeah, hundredth episode. God, who'd have thought it soon? I know. That's so crazy. This? this is ninety eight. So next week's ninety nine. So that's nearly two years. Well, it, it, we would have... 52 weeks in we a year. We would have got we've, here sooner, but we have skipped the we've odd, skipped one the odd due week. to things like COVID and uh, parental death and things like that. Yeah, etc. Uh, Life events. Life events, yes. Wow. We Who would have thought we'd made it this far? But there's that much to talk about. We're not even through all the albums yet. I know. And I thought by now we would have been through all the albums, but we've really dragged it stretched out. those albums out. Wow, we've dragged our heels. Have we ever? Because <laughs> when we started, I'm like, oh, well, at the rate we're going, we'll be done in a year. I, I hope it's been worth it for people. I, I hope, hope they've so enjoyed too. the last hundred episodes. It's been worth it for us because we love talking. Yeah. We love doing this. I love doing it's this good so fun. much. I yeah, really me too. Do. Um you know, it's been a gift over the last few years. It, it has really has yeah. having this. Yeah. Um you know, we love doing our YouTube thing digitizer. But this, you know, I literally just get to talk about my favourite band yeah, with, with exactly. my wife. One one of yeah. my favourite people. Why do you say that while you're laughing? <laughs> I was saying like one of my, as a, I was waiting for you to react as opposed to saying Oh, no, I only person. react to the fact that you're laughing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, go buy my new album, buy a t-shirt, support us on Patreon. Uh, here's a bit of my new album coming up. I don't know what bit, a bit. If you nice. like the sound of it, go, uh, go just look, it helps us. Just give me some money. It's a good album. <laughs> Don't sell it short. It's actually genuinely an excellent album. I'm proud of it. Yeah. I, I was quite... I'm proud of you for making it. So proud of you. Listen to it twice. No, I've listened, <laughs> I have listened to it more than twice. Only because I had it in the car and then you didn't comment on any of it apart from one bit where you went, this bit's nice. That's so not true. That I commented on true. more than one no, bit. you did, just one well, bit. Well, you, you were went, this counting. Bit's nice. This bit's nice. We were talking. While I was counting. No, I'm saying, count- were you? what were you counting how many times I commented? Of course commented? I was. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know, but we were talking. Yeah, were we? I wasn't yes. talking much because I wanted you to hear I it. I gave you lots of feedback. 
after I listened to well, it Because I, I asked time, you to listen to it and say, look, can you tell me if it sounds okay? Yeah, which I did. I mean, annoyingly, I submitted it to bloody Apple and Spotify and then I decided I wanted to change the mix. Oh. Uh, but that means having to pay for it another time. So the, the version on Apple and um, uh, what's it, Spotify and all those will be slightly different to the one on Bandcamp. Bandcamp's so which one, one do you get. think is the best version? Which yeah. one's your favourite version? Bandcamp. Right. Yeah, I did give you feedback after I listened to it the first time. I'm winding time. you up. Are bit, you? A little bit. Little right, bit. everyone, thank you as always. Um, I mean, look, hey, if you want to write to us for our 100th episode, we could do a 100th episode post bag and we could be really self-indulgent and say we just want you to write about us. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever have a chance to, to be self-indulgent, it should be the 100th episode of your podcast. That's special. Yeah. All the all the magic memories for over the last hundred hundred eps, all those all those laughs and tears that you've shared with us. Yeah. So beampod at gmail Okay, stay safe, you lot. Um, thanks for all your support as always, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. 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 B